Ladies and gentlemen, now that the Mega Millions jackpot has been announced, I can finally tell the world yes. It was me who won it all. And do you know what I plan to do with that $908 million? I'm going to buy the Red Sox, and I'm going to make every single one of them just sit on the bench so that the Dodgers win the World Series. Good afternoon, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Nick Drago, and yes, I'm still dirt broke. I did not win the lottery. Coming up on the show today, we got another wild week in the Big Four sports. We're going to try and figure out the Oakland Raiders, mourn the probable retirement of Bilal Powell, and of course, we have a guest on with us today. Joining us from Washington, D.C. is our hockey specialist, Brendan O'Keefe. Stick around because sports, sports, sports starts now. Welcome one and welcome all to the Sports 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 Podcast with me, your host, Nick Drago. For those that are new to the show, our goal is to recap news from the previous week while looking ahead to the next. If you like what you hear, go to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and slash or SoundCloud and type in Sports 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 with Nick Drago. That will be us. Then make sure you hit that subscribe button. Before we uh, begin this week's show, I just want to say thank you to all of our new fans, all the uh, the views from this past week. Honestly, we've had so many new fleet people flocking the show. We actually had to cancel that section where we announced the names of all the new people flocking to the show. We literally had 159 new subscriptions this week, which is gigantic, almost doubling uh, what we had previously. So if you want to add to that total, again, go hit that subscribe button. All right. Oh, I keep breaking breaking my viewership records. I know how Steph Curry feels on a week-by-week basis. Now, I should note that this is our Halloween special, so all my ghouls and witches out there, be ready. Although, honestly, this is going to be the same as any other episode. The only difference is I'm all hopped up on candy today. Um, <clears throat> nothing really new in my life. Same boring, living the married life now. That's been fun. Uh, same stuff, different day. we got a lot of show to cover. Let's get into that pesky World Series. By midweek, Dodgers fans had a bit to sweat over. That $200 million roster still appeared to not be enough after they dropped games one and two. On Friday night, though, Dodgers got to bring the series back to L.A. where they had a one-run lead going into the eighth before Jackie Bradley Jr. He homered, and he tied it up. Dodgers would eventually get the win in the 18th inning after Max Muncy home run. That game is now the longest in World Series history. 18 innings. I couldn't imagine being there. Then on Saturday, the Dodgers are winning by four. They were winning by four in the sixth inning. Ended up giving away nine runs in the final three innings of the game. Womp, womp, womp. At this point, the Red Sox are one winning away from World Series victory. And just saying that out loud actually made me throw up a little bit in my mouth. Um, the next game well, is actually going on right now. Red Sox are winning 2-1 to one in, the, in the second as we're recording this. Um, it's going to be too late for me to have the final score for you, though. I should say, though, the series is certainly not over. The Cubs were down 1-3 and three, uh, after the first four games as well, and they wound up winning uh, the final three to win the title. That was a couple of years ago. So, Dodgers fans, hey, best of luck, guys. Uh, Texans, they beat the Dodgers. Oh, <laughs> apparently we're just going right into football. I should probably say that. Hey, by the way, we're going to talk about football now. All right, Texans beat the Dolphins on Thursday, 42-23. J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson were healthy, and Houston looked like it could take the division. Eagles beat the Jaguars across the pond. God, do I love 9.30 in the morning football. Four Jags players were arrested the night before after skipping out on a bill at a local nightclub. First off, the bill was close to $64,000. Obviously, going out isn't fun unless you're spending a ridiculous amount of money. Can I have that? Please. Please. 
<clears throat> they were detained for nine hours. Uh, this was all the night before the game. Barry Church, one of the players arrested, said the entire thing was a misunderstanding. I'm not really quite sure what was misunderstood about paying a bill, but please, Barry, feel free to enlighten us. Bears beat the Jets 24-10. Redskins beat the Giants 2013. Adrian Peterson continues to prove he has juice in the tank, rushing for 149 yards. Panthers, they get a win over the Ravens 36-21. Carolina's offense remains impenetrable. They've only yielded 10 sacks all season and held the Ravens' defense to zero. Seahawks with three touchdowns in the second quarter give them the 28-14 victory over the Lions. This team was off to a rough start, but they managed to win four of the last five games, losing the Rams by one point two weeks ago. Don't count them out for a wild card slot just yet. After four interceptions, Jameis Winston, he was taken out of the game versus Cincinnati, Cincinnati allowing Ryan Fitzpatrick, a.k.a. Fist Magic, to lead the Bucks in the 17-point fourth quarter to tie the Bengals. But a last-minute 44-yard field goal by Randy Bullock got Cincy the 37-34 victory. Chiefs hold off the Broncos 30-23 to improve their record to 7-1. Four TDs for Pat Mahomes. Steelers with the 33-18 victory over the Browns. James Conner continues to shine with 146 yards, two touchdown passes, two touchdowns. Uh, and honestly, I, I forgot who Le'Veon Bell was for a moment. If he's not careful, so will the rest of the league. Steelers trade that guy already. Seriously. Colts beat the Raiders 42-28 score, uh, with the score tied 10 minutes remaining. Two Marlon Mack touchdowns and one from Jack Doyle helped the Colts on top. Put the Colts on top, that is. And have no fear, Oakland fans. I'm going to be talking about the Raiders in just a moment. The Rams, they remain undefeated after a nail-biter against Green Bay with two minutes left and down two points. L.A. scores a 34-yard field goal. They stay 8-0. Cardinals beat the 49ers 18-15. 49ers still only one victory for the year. Uh, Vikings and Saints, they play a late game tonight. Bills and Patriots, they face off on Monday. Let's take a look at what the, the playoffs would look like if they started today. From the NFC North, you got the Vikings, who are 4-2. From the South is the Saints at 5-1. Redskins leading the NFC East still at 5-2. That's the story nobody's talking about. How are the Redskins leading the NFC East? NFC West, the Rams are undefeated. Panthers, they're 5-2. Seahawks are 4-3. Those would be your two wild cards. In the AFC, you got the Steelers leading the North 4-2. 4-2. Texans at 5-3. Patriots at 5-2. Chiefs at 7-1. And, and then your two wild card teams would be the Chargers at 5-2. And, and the Bengals. At five and three. Jets fans received some sad news this week when uh, they found out that running back below Powell will have season ending neck surgery. This being a contract year could mean that he might be forced into retirement. It's going to be pretty hard for a team to want a player like that. Powell was a fourth round pick in 2011. He's run for a career 3,446 yards and caught 204 passes for 150. 1,567 yards. I'm not good with numbers. All while scoring 20 total touchdowns, all for the Jets. Isaiah Crowell will likely move up to the first string in the depth chart with Trenton Cannon as his backup. Now, the city of Oakland is not a great place to be if you're a sports fan. The Oakland A's remain in limbo without a stadium deal. The beloved Golden State Warriors are setting up shop in San Francisco, but perhaps the most egregious of all is the fall of the Oakland Raiders. Yes, yes, I know this team's been bad for a long time, but back in the 80s and 90s, that was a scary place to play. The team was good, the fans packed the seat, they had a nasty reputation, and they could back it up on the football field. Starting in 1995, though, this team saw a huge dip out of relevance uh, until John Gruden came in, turned him around, got him, uh, got him back into the postseason, and then after he was fired, uh, they made it to the Super Bowl. Now, that was in 2002. After that, 
back to mediocrity. Not a single winning season until a surprising 12-4 finish in 2016. Headlined by a budding team of young superstars like Derek Carr, Latavius Murphy, Amari Cooper, and Khalil Mack, this was becoming a looming threat in the West. Now, I'll never forget the beginning of the 2017 season when they brought in Marshawn Lynch. He was running circles around the Jets in Week 2. He literally dancing on the sidelines. They were putting it up on the scoreboard. Fans were going nuts. It was like the Raiders were back in business. Uh, uh, after that game, though, they started losing. Dropped to 6-10 and 10 that year. It was Jack Del Rio who took the blame. And so the team decided after a decade of not coaching, the smart play would, to bring it, would be to bring in John Gruden once again to right the ship. Everyone expected this would be terrible. And guess what? They were right. Now the fans are on Gruden to get the axe, but that likely isn't going to happen. He's going to build himself his own football team, starting with trading away Khalil Mack instead of paying him, handling, handing Amari Cooper to the Cowboys, and they're talking about sitting Derek Carr. Yeah, I know those are really bad moves. I hate the Raiders, but even I can realize when you have a good thing, keep it together. Now, granted, this team really isn't producing. Amari Cooper's still young, but he really didn't look that great through the first six games this season. Latest news is that the players are beginning to be upset with the way Gruden's doing business, specifically in regards to the Cooper trade and the treatment of Carr. Uh, the point is, Raiders fans, you're stuck with Gruden. You're stuck with the mediocrity for at least a few more years. It looked like you had something, some kind of potential, and then everything this this year just downhill. They're uh, one and uh, seven, I believe, right now, and they'll be playing the 49ers this week. So two teams with one win, something's got to give. Now, if you live in Oakland, no worries. This is your chance to jump ship. Plenty of good franchises to bandwagon onto. If you live in Las Vegas, well, suppose it's a good thing you live in Las Vegas because you'll be drowning out a lot of football sorrows. All right, folks, as much as I love talking about sports uh, sports and their failures, we still have NCAA football, NBA action to cover, plus we find out the consequences of good old-fashioned B&E. And Brandon O'Keefe joins us for Hockey Talk. Stick around, sports, sports, sports. We'll be back in a flash. League MVP. Defensive Player of the Year. Now it's time to add to your resume. NBA champion. How does that sound? Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Anything's possible! Fall is officially upon us, friends. I hope you have your North Faces and your PSLs ready, because you're going to need them. I have to say, both of those companies have really good branding. I mean, who, who doesn't want that for their own company? We here at Sports 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 are looking for the same like-minded companies who want to grow their brands by advertising through us. Want to be involved? It's easy. Just email us at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Com. Right now we're offering free advertising on our show, so please shoot us a message and take advantage of this offer. Okay, that's all I have to say. Let's get back to the show. Vikings at their own 39. It's third down. Three receivers right, field, and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God. oh my God! 30! No 10! Back, 
quick scoring update for you. Boston Red Sox are still winning 2-1. to one. Again, by the time you hear this, the game's probably over, but for your own sake of mind, in case you're curious. All right, it's the third inning, by the way. Let's talk, let's talk NCAA football. Let, what do you think? You like that idea? I like that idea. What about you over there? There's nobody over there, but they like that idea too. All right, looking at some of the upsets and close games from this weekend, there were a lot. Uh, Georgia Southern, they beat Appalachian State 34-14. Northwestern got a win over Wisconsin, who just couldn't get it together. Too many fumbles and inopportune penalties held them back. Final score there, 31-17. Georgia, they destroyed Florida in a match between two top 10 teams. Poor Gators gave up double-digit points in the third in three quarters. Uh, Houston takes out Southern Florida 56-36. 57-36, my apologies. Uh, Penn State holds off Iowa for the 30-24 victory. California gets a win over Washington thanks to the one-man football machine linebacker Evan Williams, who led the team in touchdowns and tackles. Syracuse gets a win over NC State after scoring 24 points in the first quarter. Uh, the final score there was 51-41. Texas A&M, they led up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, fell to Mississippi. Mississippi. Mm. Mississippi State. 28-13. Mississippi. It's like Minnesota and Mississippi had a baby. Washington State barely beat Sanford. 41-38. 17 points for Washington. The last 12 minutes of the game. Play uh, in game. Uh, plus Gardner Minshaw threw three touchdowns over 400 yards. That certainly helped. Unranked Oklahoma State brought home a major victory against Texas, the number six team in the country. Longhorns had no answers on defense, allowing 260 yards in the first quarter alone. That's the most yardage in 15 years that they've allowed in a single quarter. Final score there, 38-35. Lastly, the Ducks, Oregon, they were defeated by Arizona, 44-15. That is eight unranked teams that beat ranked teams this weekend. I meant to say that in reverse, but you get the point. Eight teams were upset this weekend. How's that going to affect the top 25? Well... These for the top 10. Doesn't affect it too much. Eight unranked schools are now ranked, including a few that pulled off the big wins. Uh, your top 10 right now is Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. They're all undefeated, 8-0. Eight, eight LSU, they sit at number 4 at 7-1. Then Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, they're all 7-1. UCF still undefeated at 7-0. They sit at the ninth slot. Washington State, they moved to 10 at 7-1. And, and just outside that, you have Kentucky and Virginia. Both of them also have one loss. All right, we're going to move into some basketball now. There's some uh, some good games this weekend. Utah, they handed the Pelicans their first loss of the season on Saturday, 132-111. to 111. New Orleans was letting up 28 points or more in each quarter. Just no defense. But, of course, that's what happens when your best player, Anthony Davis, is not playing. Smart move, though. Better off letting him rest with the Warriors around the corner. I believe they play them on Tuesday or Wednesday this week. You'll have to look that one up. Celtics, they get a victory over Detroit, who's been uh, playing really well thus far. Boston is finally looking like themselves. They had eight players with over 20 minutes of game time, and not a single one of them cracked at the 20-point mark on the scoring sheet. Piston star Blake Griffin, he played 30 minutes. He only had seven points. Uh, yikes. Final score there, 109-89. Uh, the Bulls, they beat the Hawks 97-85. Pacers get a win over the Cavaliers 119-107. And Cleveland is now 0-6 because of it. 76ers barely beat Charlotte 105-103. Heat bait the Trail Blazers 120-111. Grizzlies, they get a win over Phoenix 117 over 96. Lakers and Spurs in a close battle. LeBron looks like himself again, scoring 35 points. Although the Lakers did have a double-digit lead late in the game. 15 seconds on the clock. James missed the three-pointer that would have brought them to overtime. Uh, Bucks with 113 over the Magic to remain undefeated. 
Warriors, Nets, Jazz Mavericks, Suns Thunder, and Wizards Clippers. Those are all late games tonight, so I do not have the scores for those. Uh, it was announced earlier this week that the NBA plans to revamp its recruiting system. Now, the NBA G League, which uh, is often a forgotten place where former prospects go to live out their careers in anonymity, will soon be allowed to offer contracts to recruits in order to give them a path to the NBA that would allow them to skip college altogether. Honestly, I think the idea is brilliant. There was obviously a market for this already, as others have been trying to start their own amateur leagues with the same goal. Let's look at the G JBA. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, oh, my goodness. The balls. The, the ball family. They made that whole amateur league. We talked about this on the show before. Um, <clears throat> uh, so, obviously, there's a market for it, right? It's going to help cut down on the one-and-dones that, uh, that's been plaguing college basketball, in my opinion. Uh, and then more obviously, obviously more details are going to be needed. Um, but I think it's a great out outlet for these young athletes. The only downfalls I see are that it encourages less players to go to college. So not as many of them are going to gain an education or a chance to have an education. I also don't, though, don't think this is going to hurt the NCAA either. You know, you'll always have standouts that are going to end up being drafted or, or taken by teams like Duke and Kentucky. They'll continue to get the best prospects. I... That, that the best prospects that don't get into the G League. My assumption is that a year or two in the G League will, would be required before getting a chance to play in the NBA. But again, we don't really have as much details on this. So I'm really excited to find out more. Tell me your thoughts. I'm not really seeing a downside, but if you do, please, our email, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Also this week, the KD recruitment has begun with a banner depicting Kevin Durant and Kristaps Porzingis with the O'Brien Trophy going up next to Madison Square Garden in New York City. KD stated that he was unimpressed and the Warriors continue to not be worried. New York is still considered Durant's top landing spot, especially after he dropped 41 points on the Knickerbockers. Huh, sure would be nice to see him do that in MSG every game. Just saying, Kevin. You can do that. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <clears throat> All right, still to come, visit from our guest, Brandon O'Keefe, to talk about the NHL. Plus, we have to talk about the Athlete of the Week, although anyone who followed my Twitter feed at Sports Lyrics Podcast will probably already know who it is. Take a chill pill and buckle up because sports, sports, sports. We'll be right back. And that one escapes back to center. Are your briefs too stretchy? Well, now they don't have to be with stiff pants. Now with only 45% chance of impotence. Okay, that's a pretty bad advertisement. You know what would work better here though? Your own ad. Nick Drago here again, offering you a piece of the action right here, right now. Best part is it could be anything you want it to be. No, wait, that's not the best part. How could I forget the best part? The best part is I'm offering free ad space. So, if you have a product you want me to endorse, please email us at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. It won't cost you a dime, and I'll be waiting patiently at my computer. Kevin Miller. Right back ahead, it's DeBrusque with a step. DeBrusque trying to get a break. Oh! Watch Gardner. He pivots inside. Gets himself out of position. DeBrusque is able to get it to the forehand. And that's a nasty goal. A little scoring update for you, friends. It's currently 2-1. to one. Nothing has changed in the Red Sox game. So, take it easy, animals. All right, my sheets here says it's hokey time. I'm assuming we're doing the hokey pokey. You put your right hand in. You put your right hand out. 
I'm really assuming it means hockey. Devils hold off a late rally to beat the Panthers 3-2. Islanders explode for six versus the Flyers. The Edmonton Oilers pulled off a much-needed victory over the best team in hockey right now, the Nashville Predators. Philippe Forsberg did a great job on the ice, tallying three goals for the Preds. Oilers break the 13-game losing streak they had against Nashville. Capitals squeak out a win over the Flames 4-3. Maple Leafs and the Jets in a matchup of Canada's hottest teams. The Jets were up by two goals. Toronto scored back-to-back -to -back 26 seconds apart uh, in the game to beat Winnipeg. But in the process, lost Austin Matthews to a shoulder injury. He's been ruled out for Monday's games, but we have no news behind that. Leafs, they win 3-2. Blue Jackets beat the Sabres in overtime 5-4. Canadians embarrass Boston with a 3-0 victory. Fitting since the Bruins beat Philly 3-0 the night before. Blues managed to get a victory over the Blackhawks 7-3. The Wilds are currently on a five-game winning streak. Longest in the league at this moment. I apologize for my hiccups. The most recent win uh, was against the Avalanche, a 3-2 victory at home. Mikel Grunlin, he played hero, scoring a goal and assisted on the winner by Eric Stahl in the third. Coyotes beat the Lightning, 7-1. Rawr. Penguins, they unload in the Canucks, 5-0. Uh, that's their third straight game with five or more goals. Yes, see him wearing the jersey right now. Way to go, Penguins. All right, Kings beat the Rangers, 4-3. That was uh, this afternoon. Islanders, they got their second straight, 2-1 over the Hurricanes. Red Wings, they beat the Stars 4-2. Oilers and Blackhawks were in a late game tonight. Actually, no, they're not. <laughs> that game ended. The Oilers won in overtime, actually. Yeah, 2-1. That was a crazy game. Sharks and Ducks in the late game. Senators, Golden Knights, that's a late game tonight, too. Uh, looking ahead to uh, who's leading the divisions right now. What if we were going to go to the playoffs? Here's what it looked like. Maple Leafs are ahead 16 points. Lightning at 15. Canadians at 14 in the Atlantic. Bruins and Sabres, they would be your wildcard teams. They both have 14 points apiece. In the Metro, the Penguins on top, 14 points. Hurricanes at 13. Darn Hurricanes, how are they still up there? And the Blue Jackets at 12. In the Central, the Preds, they have 16 points. Avalanche at 16, Jets at 15. Wild cards are your Wild and Blackhawks. The Blackhawks are at 15 as well. Wild, they're at 14. Oilers, they're at 13, leading the Pacific. Way to go, Oilers. Sharks at 12. And the Canucks, they're 12 points too, although they are 6-6. Six and six. They would literally get a playoff spot at this moment with a 500 record. And not even a wild card slot. They would be in the playoffs. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. All right. We talked last week about the NHL and uh, some of the changes they made to equipment that the goalies are wearing. Goalies are not happy with the changes made. So I decided, why don't we bring in one of our special guests. They're going to join us on the show today to talk about goalies, the league, and his favorite team, the Boston Bruins. It's only fitting that we did this interview on the week where his favorite team played my local team, the Flyers. Allow me to introduce you to hockey specialist, Brendan O'Keefe. <laughs> All right, Brendan. How you doing, buddy? Excellent. How are you, Nick? I'm good. So talk to me here. What the heck is going on with these goalies? Oh, so they this year they changed the uh, the goalie pad rules. They wanted to make them smaller, more form-fitting. Mm -hmm. And uh, some interviews that I've read with some of the goalies is they don't like it. They're not fans. But the yeah. shooters, they're big fans. And I have to say, I did some research this week on my own. And so, like, the, the average for the last 10 – or since 2010, is an average of 2.6 goals per game – Per team and then there's an average of 5.3 goals per game total so roughly for the last uh, 10 years now this year already more than 40 percent of the games have broken that total goal count and that's just for one team in the game you know talk about the the season oper opener unfortunately Bruins versus the Washington Capitals and seven nothing so there's one team right off the rip and then a couple couple games later the Bruins came back 
beat the Red Wings eight to two. So I mean, those are two right off the top of the head already going up above and beyond. Now whether the shooters are getting good or the pads are or you know part of the cause, who knows? But I mean, uh, I've read some interviews with some goalies and they're complaining. They're like, yeah, we come out of here bruised and banged up, you know, after one game more than we do in a season because. They used to have a cushioning between like where the pad actually was in their body, yep. but now because it's form fitting, it's just like it's it's like basically just putting a piece of cardboard between them and the puck and a hundred mile an hour frozen piece of rubber. Uh, it's not doing it. So. Yeah, I mean, do you think? Obviously, the the intention was like you said, more scoring. Do you think yeah. they intended for these goalies to be beat up like this? I don't think they wanted the goalies to be beat up. I think that's kind of an unintentional effect from this change. But uh, I, the, the league definitely wanted more goals. They wanted more goals. Right. And, you know, they had these 170-pound goalies coming out looking like they're 250 pounds because, hey, if I'm a, I wear a long pad, I wear an XL, you know, I just got an extra inch, inch and a half all around me. That's an extra inch and a half to, you know, clip a puck that can just change the trajectory a little bit. That gives them a little less distance to close around to try to squeeze a puck in there. So, uh, but with that, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, they've had several changes come through the league that people don't like at first, but it just becomes part of the game and they'll get used to it. But what I like about it, though, it definitely makes the goaltenders work harder. Um, it's nice seeing some actually very athletic saves out there. Um, also, it's nice to see a lot more goals scored, you know. Absolutely. Well, I always compare it to like the, the steroid era in baseball is like, mm -hmm. yeah, you have all this other stuff going on, but Hey, all those home runs are making you a lot of money. So like the NHL, they're going to take as much time as possible correcting this. Cause I mm -hmm. think I saw something today that they were, uh, they were at least going to look into the issue. Yeah. You have some players, some, uh, you have a couple goalies. You have um, Jeremy Reimer who was complaining that he's flinching every time yeah. somebody tries to shoot at him. Yeah. Mark Andre Fleury, um, decided to wear an extra T-shirt under his under his jersey. Yeah. And then you have Holtby, who's no longer taking shots in practice. Which, yep. Hey, Holtby can get as little practice as he wants, as much as I don't like the Capitals. But <laughs> do you feel like some of these goalies? I'm just. This is hockey, right? You're yep. supposed to get beat up a little bit. Yes. You know, are, are these guys? Are they just being wimps out there? I don't know. I mean, just on average, if you look, they're they're making 30, 40 shots on goal. If it's hitting them, even the games this year, if you look at it, these there's been a lot more rebound opportunities for, for the offense out there just because these goalies are getting hit by this puck and things that normally they, they would have held on to or grabbed better, they're they're letting them go. These these pucks are squirting out on them just because I think it's, oh, they flinch, they flinch on the shot, they get hit and they go, Well, that hurt a lot more than I'm used to. So now they're having that period of I would block this shot, I could get square, no worries, I took it, not a problem. But now they're they're taking these shots, they're second guessing, they're going, I could have taken that to the chest, but I'm gonna try to hit it with the blocker now be just because that's not gonna hurt me as badly. And at the end of the day, everyone kind of looks out for their own safety. And you know, if you gotta stop hundred mile an hour pucks for, you know, sixty minutes every night. It's not. It's not fun. Not not including practices. Yeah. So we're taking those shots there because what's the point of practicing in the old pads if you can't wear them in the game? Oh, that's fair. That's a good point. I always think back to. I've been thinking back to like the old goalies, like Jacques Plante and um, uh, Terry Sawchuk, with like no face mask, yeah. <laughs> like almost no padding on at all, making these yeah. saves. So but of course you got to remember they're, they're they were using literally pieces of lumber. Those sticks were 10, 12 pounds. They couldn't, and, you know, they didn't have a curve. You know, the, the players weren't nearly as skilled, not to take what they were skilled, but not at the level that they are today. 
So those pucks were moving a lot slower. Those goalies had a lot more opportunities to get in the way or out of the way of them. Yeah, so. that's fair. Now, I take it by the background here, you're a big Rangers fan. Am I getting I, that correctly? Ride, ride or die Rangers, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, how, how are those Bruins doing so far? Third place right now? Uh, fourth place in the East. So our ninth overall in the league, or seventh overall in the league. I mean, they they obviously, they the last 10 years, you know, they've, they've always put a good team on the ice. Do you think that they're better than the Maple Leafs and the Lightning? All right, so the Maple Leafs and the Lightning are, I'm not surprised by the Lightning. The Lightning were absolutely a top contender. They were a fantastic team last year. Uh, it's hard to get over the hurdle of the Maple Leafs just being the Maple Leafs. But, uh, I mean, they're killing it this year. And I I think the, the Bruins' best chance will be against the Lightning, and I still even think the Lightning will take it then, but I don't see the Bruins faring well against uh, the Maple Leafs, especially with we're getting killed on defense right now. I mean, our offensive line's doing all right, but we got a lot of young people in there, and we're already down four players, five players now in the year for injuries. Yeah. So it's like so now we're, we're trying to rotate new players in. But, yeah, I mean – I think they'll, they won't be a contender for the cup. I think they'll make a playoff run, but they'll probably make a second-round exit like they did last year. But, you know, as much as it hurts me to say it. Well, I mean, the goaltending situation is pretty abysmal there. Plus, the penalty minutes are racking up like crazy. I think the, I think the Bruins are sixth right now in penalty minutes. Yeah, they're number one in fights. <laughs> number one in fights well, at least the fans are happy then yeah but hey that's what brought me to their team and i you know i i, I came for the fights i stayed for the cup in 2011 so mm. you know, we're getting back to our roots but yeah the defense is hard i kind of like what they're doing switching out rask and halak i mean i i think halak should be the starter honestly at this point in time rask should be back up but i've had i've been head hunting for rask for years now um even their game on tuesday that they played i mean Brandon Carlow, the defenseman who just came back off of, you know, injury, he made just as many stops on goal as uh, Rask did because Rask was letting them get by. You know, batted one out of the air and pulled one right off the line. So mm-hmm. it was it's rough. But, yeah, the penalty minutes are killing them. Um, pretty heated about Tuesday night's games. I mean, there were some pretty some pretty bad calls. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember this being as much of an issue last season as this year, but I've seen a lot of bad calls on that hybrid icing now. I mean, I've been, I've you know I've watched several different games. I've been to a couple yeah. live now, and that they're getting it wrong a lot. And I definitely feel like that throws the game, not necessarily towards a team, but it definitely changes the momentum. And yeah, then, I don't understand why they can't get this right. I, I've seen, I agree with you. I've seen a few games that have the same issue. Yeah. So it'll be like, okay, the defenseman's clearly getting to the puck first. And so they kind of slow up. Hey, I got to the top of the circle. I got to the red line. They should whistle it doesn't get whistled or on the other side is the the offensive team coming down definitely has a couple steps on the defenseman they get to the top of the circle and the linesman will blow it dead and everyone's like what the heck's going on you know i clearly had the steps on them i was absolutely going to get it you know but i've seen at least at least once a game for all the games that i've watched this season i see it called i see that called incorrectly so yeah yeah that's fair what about the – this is the other thing that's, that I've been reading a lot about, and this is really bothering me, is teams are pulling their goalies way too early. Like the the Stars, Jim Montgomery pulled his goalie. I think there were eight minutes left, and they pulled him. They lost four to one. It's a desperation play. You try, hey, you know what? 
get some people in the zone. It's a it's a game of numbers. You throw enough pucks at the net, one of them should go in eventually. With eight minutes to go, you get that one goal. It kind of it swings the momentum your way. Hey, we made this risky move. We got one in there. We only we got only got to score a couple more now to tie it up to you know to make us to make this a competitive game. If you're if you're losing or just getting smashed all game, you're hey, you know what what we're doing is not working. I will try anything to just get some points on the board. Anything. Yeah. You know, even just, hey, even if we can tie it up to take it to overtime, at least we're getting one point out of it for the standings, which could help them later on in the season. You know, that one point will make or break a team, you know, come playoff time. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, I feel like I feel like goalies in general, just maybe it's this year. I don't really know. It's just a raw deal. You know, you're mm-hmm. not going to see another guy like Rua or, or Brodeur or even Flurry for that matter, because Flurry has yeah. been consistent for a really long time now. Absolutely. There's nobody left in the league that maybe Pecorine. He's the only person I can think of that's that consistent. Oh, he's he's a he's like a consistent B player. It's just like you know what he's he's good, but you know he's not a Flurry. He's not a Lundqvist. You know he's not a Tim Thomas. He's not, but he's he's there. Like he's like if well, he stopped. Five more pucks a game, absolutely. He's a top tier contender, but he's just uh he's eighty nine percent. He's eighty nine percent. He can't break that ceiling, but he's he's there. Is that really his save percentage? Is eighty nine? I I don't know if it's eighty nine. Oh, oh, okay. You know, ninety percent's an A. You know, gets you a, a four zero in college, and he's he's at eighty nine. You're like you're almost you're almost to that everybody. He's almost elite. Almost. Exactly. But like, you know, I think back, like look back t- 10 years ago or maybe fifth, let's go back 15 years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like every team had a dominant goaltender. You, oh, know, absolutely. you had guys like Mika Kippersoff and uh, not to Tim Thomas, you know, Marty Turco, like every mm-hmm. team had somebody Osgood and flurry and mm-hmm. um, Lundquist was still young at the time, but you know, he was dominant his entire career. Yep. And now it's like I don't think I can tell you some of the top goaltenders in the league right now. I'm looking Wait, at the list and I don't know any. Yeah, who, who is it? When did you get? When did you get put in here? Are you a backup? Just taking a night off? Yeah. But I, you got to look at the league. Back then it was heavy defense. Like you, you had the big, you know, your your six five Russian dude who just pounded people into the boards. You had your one dude on the team who could skate and puck handle, and that was your that was your score. It was low scoring games. It was very big, very slow, a very physical game. But looking at it now, you got your, you know, Ovechkins, you got your Malkins, your Crosbys, you got your Brad Marchands, your Patrice Bergerons. They're small and fast. That's that's they're they're getting in, they're getting out, they're getting you're, they're they're quick. So the you know the goalies used to be you know big. They used to be bigger. They used to have you know bigger padding now technically, and. Um, so and, and they absolutely seemed like they were better goalies. Oh, it was a 1-0 game. Oh, it was a 2-1 game because these goalies were stopping the puck. But you got to think the caliber of the people coming at them. They were good for their time, but it's it was still not as fast or as often. You know, and what was the average you know saves per game like 25 something like that? Yeah, it wasn't. They weren't. They weren't shots. So of course you know their save numbers are good. You, you make one good save in the game, maybe two, and you're like, oh my god, you're this you're this great goalie, but. You know, you can watch any hockey game and watch somebody make a dive and save, you know, some crazy butterfly, some flip behind. So that's fair. Um, one last thing before you go, since it's still early in the season, who do you got? Stanley Cup, playoffs, what, what do you got? I Oof. it's such a crapshoot to pick right now. Everybody's basically tied. Uh, just because the Maple Leafs picked up Tavares, and I mean they're crushing people. They're crushing people. I 
I see them making it to the cup round. I see the Hurricanes making it to to the. I think the Hurricanes are going to make it to the semifinals. I hate the fact that the Hurricanes are are in first place. They're doing well right now. Right, and like, what was it? Uh, the Canadians. Everyone expected them. I think you used the term to suck out loud, and they're third right now. So I mean, I think Predators are gonna are are gonna be the ones that come in, and because uh, they're what se- second? No, they're first overall. Uh, something like that. I don't. I don't recall. Yeah, I think I pulled it up. They're they're first, and the Maple Leafs are second. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Predators Maple Leafs, but um, I don't know. I feel like the Maple Leafs. Yeah, they started great. They I think they started six and one. They lost their last two. Shut yeah. out by Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, and they lost bad one. Who did? Who was it the other day? I don't remember. Um, but I just there's something about that team. They're the Maple Leafs. I don't feel like they have the depth just yet. That's what and see, and that's what I'm thinking. But I mean, just look at how well they did last year. I mean, they got knocked out in the first round, and I hate to say it, they should have beat the Bruins. They absolutely should have beat them. It sucks to say, man, they were the better team. We just got a couple lucky bounces. They they should have they should have made it farther. But this year went picking up Tavares. I mean, they're. I think I, I don't know if they'll win it. I can see him. I can see him going all the way to the Cup round. I don't anticipate Vegas even making the playoffs this year, though. No. I mean, they had that great first year, but I think it, it was luck. They had some schedule things going their way, but I don't see them doing well this year. I think that that bottle rocket fizzled out. Um, also, the Capitals. I don't see them making it either. You don't They're think doing, they're going to make the playoffs? I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. They've had a couple really good games, but, I mean, overall, in the long run, you know, the other teams are going to find their steam, and the Capitals are going to do what the Capitals do, and then yeah. it's just going to be All right, well, Holpe's going to Holpe it, and he was a brick wall this game, but for the next four games, he's going to be a trash can. And then, you know, someone's going to get injured, so Ovechkin's not going to have his usual people on his line. So, yeah, I feel year, like they, they kept – Everybody talked about how well they kept their team together, but they lost a lot of depth players and their coach too. Yeah, they got rid of a lot of players. They got rid of a lot of people who were absolutely were you know critical to winning them the cup. Now they don't have that anymore. So this is a rebuilding year for them when it they probably could have been a contender again this year, but I don't think they got the people. I see them fizzling out come the end of the season. Yeah, so. I mean the Penguins made the mis- the same mistake after they won the second cup. I mean Flurry was unavoidable because you had the expansion draft. And yeah. honestly, I think if they if the extension draft didn't occur, I think the Panthers mm-hmm. would have a much better uh, postseason. But that's beyond the point. But they lost they lost guys like um, um, Cullen. They lost Bonino. They mm-hmm. they just couldn't keep that core together. The core, the mm-hmm. depth, the, the young, you know, the guys on the third and fourth line, because that's what wins you a championship. Exactly, that's very important. Lines. You need that. And if you get rid of it and try to be like, hey, we have the veterans trying to train the new guys, but the new guys. You're gonna make rookie mistakes. You're not gonna be used to the league. You're not used to the speed. You're not. You don't. You don't have the hockey IQ yet. Yeah. It takes. You know, you play all your life, all the college hockey you want, all the AHL you want, CHL, whatever it is. But uh, at the end of the day, the big show is the big show, and that's where you need to. That's yeah. where you need to get education. I mean, you're always gonna have those players that see the game differently than everybody else. For, for the Bruins, Passernak is that guy for me. Oh, Watching yeah. him, oh, he is so – it's so interesting to watch him on the ice or even just the way he sees the game and how he talks about the game. is it, It's <laughs> it's cool. Absolutely. So. So. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. It's good Thank talking you. to you. Absolutely. Have a good one. You too. See ya. 
Okay, before we wrap up the show, we have our Athlete of the Week. Now look, we've all done dumb things under the influence. However, I can't think of many people who've done what Chad Kelly did. Kelly is now the former Denver Bronco QB. He was arrested for good old B&E. Police were called to investigate a man standing outside a residential home at 1.17 a.m. The man entered the house while the police were en route. That man being Chad Kelly, of course, sat down on a couple's couch, mumbled incoherently until he was hit in the back with a piece of a uh, piece from a vacuum cleaner. And that at least scared him out of the house and into his SUV where the police eventually found him. What I want to know is, what was he mumbling? Like, you just broke into somebody's house and sat down on their couch and you're just talking away. What was he saying? That is what I'd love to know. In case you do, email us, sports3xpodcast.gmail.com. Now, Kelly, he wasn't uh, much of an asset to the Broncos. He was drafted in the last slot of the 2017 draft, Mr. Irrelevant. He was out of Ole Miss and served as the team's backup in case you're curious, yes, he is related to Jim Kelly. He's Jim Kelly's nephew. And uh, really the, considered the heir apparent to, you know, the Jim Kelly talent as uh, his own son uh, is no longer with us. Jim had attempted to take him under his wing, but felt that Chad wasn't listening to his advice and basically abandoned him. Now, that is bad. You have one of the best quarterbacks in the history as your uncle, and you don't even listen to the dude? Come on. Take this as a lesson. If you get belligerently junk, please don't enter a stranger's home and sit on the couch. Otherwise, you'll be fired, as good old Chad was. Thanks for being our Athlete of the Week, sir. No, now, please, get yourself to an AA meeting. All right, time for us to wrap up the show. No mail in my inbox this week, but I do want to thank, again, the dozens of new followers. I'm sorry, the hundreds of new followers on our social media accounts this week. It was, pleasure, uh, it was a pleasure to see such a large influx, and I hope to keep it up. If you have any questions, please email us, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. <clears throat> Whatever your question is, your comment, your concern, I will literally read it on the air. I don't care what it is. As long as it's not a rocket ship, I, I can't get you a rocket ship. Special thanks, as usual, to Johanna Drago, the content editor and logo designer for our podcast. Music for the show is uh, including our theme song, Golden Sunrise, is by Josh Woodward. A link to his website can be found on in the show notes. Special thanks, as usual, to our social media warriors, Mary Kay Albert, Lois Butler, Sean Signer, he posted in his support of the Boston Red Sox this week. And Joe Calabro, who's also rooting for the Red Sox. We also got a like from Dougie DeGroote this week. Global, no, Global News uh, commented brilliant on one of our videos. That was nice of them. Also, thank you to Brendan O'Keefe for joining us on the program. We're looking forward to having you back later in the season. And thank you to the 153 new followers on SoundCloud and Twitter. Wow, that was a lot. I could barely keep up. Remember, if you want your name read on the show, it's super easy. Like, comment, share, email, Twitter at us, and all that fun stuff. Remember, you can find us by typing Sports 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 with Nick Drago in any of your social favorite social media sites. Basically, you know, Twitter and Facebook, that's where we're at. Uh, once again, this is a great show, uh, but I need to go fight crime as my new alter ego sportsman. Uh, hope you had a good spooky, spooky Halloween. I'm sure the scariest thing this week will be the 49ers Raiders Thursday night game. Once again, it's a pleasure providing you all with the news. Nighty night. <laughs>